Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Stuart. We talk every week about the reality of running property businesses. Stuart runs a portfolio of co-living properties with a six-figure turnover and also has a property investment consultancy. And Simon has a number of buy-to-lets and runs Patma, which is a leading portfolio management software system and a source of property market insights. Before we get started this week, let me just remind you that we would really, really love it if you could sign up to our email newsletter. You can find the link to do that in the show notes or wherever you're, you're listening to this episode. And we will be emailing out all sorts of interesting things, including the spreadsheet that we're going to be talking about today. And yes, I'm afraid we are talking about another spreadsheet. There, there are going to be lots of numbers in this episode. And, and if, like Stuart and I, you're, you're actually spreadsheet and, and number geeks, you'll, you'll really enjoy it anyway. So we are going to be talking about a, a similar sort of topic to last week, but looking at it from the point of view of a limited company. But before we dig into that, I, I had a cunning plan at the beginning of this year, and that was to make a prediction that interest rates would, would be staying the same and definitely not falling or anything. So, of course, now they have started falling. This is not Bank of England base rates, of course, but, but mortgage interest rates. And I think, Stuart, you've, you've benefited from this. You, you've got a good, good news story for mortgages? Yeah. Good news, shock horror in the mortgage industry, which is that for our residential mortgage, which was expiring, which is expiring at the end of this month, we were just in talks about different uh, products to go on to. And it has to be said, the mortgage advisor was, and this is a direct with bank advisor, I should uh, point out, kind of wanted us to make a decision, I think, two or three weeks ago. And I said to my wife, let's just hold on until... You know, this Bank of England raise because we were we we didn't have to rush, and all of the products were available to us online. So I said, look, we can we can wait because let, let's just see what happens. And the really interesting thing is that, of course, as we know now, the bank rate, uh, the Bank of England rate, went up by 0.5 percentage points. The the mortgage products that we went for went down by 0.1 percentage points so slightly cheaper mortgage which which kind of blows our minds when we think about it but kind of made sense in this the fact that we knew that because of the stabilization that the banks are now pre-empting these things happening so quite clearly it already factored in that the 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 rise in but just really interesting that uh, on the day that the Bank of England rates went up, our mortgage went down. <laughs> but yeah, 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 a happy, a happy and joyous moment for uh, for us as we clicked the confirm button. Yeah, indeed. I'm very, very glad you've managed to, to get a, a slightly lower rate. And I, I keep seeing sort of announcements of reduced rates, and you go go and look look at them, and and I keep seeing seeing really good rates, sort of four percent and things on on multi year fixes. And I think, oh, that's really good. And then I, I read through and read through, and I finally get to the bit where it's talking about limited companies or portfolio landlords. And uh, oh, look, oh yes, they they saw a, a 0.1 drop, and it's still five point something percent for, for the interest rate. So uh, yeah, it's, it's not 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 so great on that end of the, the scale. No, I think it's going to take a while to come through for limited company HMO, whilst everyone works out what what the hell is going on and which way up is, but. I thought it was a really good follow-on from last week's episode, especially having reviewed it myself, that when you, when we work through your specific numbers on a personal 
basis and and how the uh, section 24 affects you know what you what you can or can't take from from property having now having a direct comparison limited company is is really interesting for people like us and hopefully for the listeners as well so simon if you maybe just do a quick very quick recap of end scenario of personal and then we can talk about what that looks like in limited co yep indeed so we we spent about 15 minutes i think talking about this last week so i'm not going to go over that again if if anyone listening would like the gory details please go and grab last week's episode and have a listen but the the very quick summary is that we're looking at the effect from changing mortgage interest rates on a a very real property that that i actually have in my portfolio so the the numbers are, are at least mostly real and certainly the the values and and mortgage value and things are and this is a property that i did have on a five-year fix that was 2.69 percent and last year i remortgaged it onto another fix of 3.34 percent and we're looking at the the effect that that had on profit and then after tax profit as well and then we also threw in a, a scenario which it isn't real but could be real if someone was in the same situation and remortgaging today ish and the the interest rate we were using for that was a 5.29 percent interest rate so the personal tax figures are all in last week's episode and that's allowing for for section 24 and uh, a slight spoiler is that the 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 worst situation with a 5.29 percent interest rate on the mortgage actually meant you were paying 101 percent tax rate so you were you were losing money after tax, even though it looked like you were making profit for tax. So we've run through the same scenarios in in the case of a limited company. And of course, in a limited company, there is no Section 24. You're also not being hit by a, a higher rate, 40% tax band. So instead, you've got very simple income expenses, including mortgage interest expense, and then a simple 19% corporation tax rate. Now, maybe if you've got a bigger company with more profit after April, that'll be going up to 25%, but for now, 19%, keep it simple. And this means that the the, the sort of figures that you end up with after tax, obviously, or after corporation tax, I should say, to be, be clear, do obviously produce as you're spending more on your mortgage but the actual tax you're paying is reducing so so you're you're relatively speaking not losing extra after tax so anyway the the, the figures are 2.69 percent interest rate you end up after tax after corporation tax so need to clarify that 5092 pounds 3.34 percent interest rate you've obviously paid more in mortgage pay a bit less in tax, you end up with £4,327 after tax. And if you're on the 5.29% mortgage, then after corporation tax, your company still has £2,029 of profit after tax, compared to losing £36 in in the, the personal name scenario. So, so this might not be the entire picture, but but so far that's that's looking a bit rosier, isn't it, Stuart? Yeah, I'd certainly be happy with that. And as you say, immediately we look at option 
the you know, final option of what, what it would have been if you'd missed the boat and had to accept this rate, at least now you're in the black, so to speak, and you're, you, you might uh, be paying tax, but you're not paying tax on tax. So, yeah, a much happier picture. But then, and something you and I spoke about off record when we recorded the the last episode, which was, of course, when the money goes into a company, we have to think about things like events. So that event is usually if you want to do something as ridiculous as taking money out of the company to to bring it into the real world and do something with it. But you've also neatly covered off you know, how we could approach that by taking the dividend, if bearing in mind that we can only take a limited amount per year, and that is ever decreasing. As, as we know, and that's not a topic for this podcast episode. You, you can only take a, a limited amount of, of dividends tax-free, but then you can take as much dividend as you like, assuming you've, your company has it, and um, you just have to pay tax on it. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely right. Yeah, I, I mean, just the, the amount that we could take tax-free was no, not, it doesn't feel that long ago, where it was, I think it was almost five or 5,000 pounds. Yeah, I take. think it was at one point, wasn't it? And it's it's gone down to two thousand, and it's going down again. I think after April. And I th- yeah, I think I'm sure the roadmap is it's going down to something like five hundred. At which point, it's kind of particularly when I have to we have to pay our accountants to work this stuff out. You suddenly feel like, you know, where are we going? But anyway, we've sidetracked ourselves, or I have sidetracked us. <laughs> Indeed, but but that accountant point, we'll come back to that a bit later on. I think. Do you do you want to to go through how the figures work out then? So if we're if we're paying corporation tax in the business, 19%, and we've got those post-corporation tax figures I mentioned before, but now we want to get this money out into the real world so we can actually spend it as, as people. So, so the assumption is if you've, if you've loaned your company when you set it up, if you've loaned it a lot of money to buy a property, then you may well be able to repay that loan and there's, there's no tax due on that as you, in that process. Obviously, talk to a financial advisor, an accountant, etc. Don't take my word for it. But that, that's sort of the, the rough idea. However, in the long term, you've got those properties in there and you don't have any loan, any director's loan to be repaid. So you've got to take the money out as a dividend. So you have to pay tax on it. And if you're a high rate taxpayer, the, the current dividend tax rate is, I think, 33.75%. So, so how do those figures work out, Stuart, when we've, we've actually taken our cash out? What do we get? Yeah, so we've got the three scenarios and we've got very healthy after-tax profits. But then we want to take that money out. And as we've just talked about, there is then a dividend tax, quite uh, punchy 33.75, which equates to just over £1,700 on the original option. £1,460 on the option that you managed to get through. And then on the what would be the current rates of 5.29%, the dividend tax is £685 because obviously we've, we've taken a lot less money out. But overall, the after-tax cash, option one, so the old option, 3374 in limited company, option Two, which is the, the one you've gone with, 2,867, and in option three, 1,344. And, you know, the first thing we did was have a look at the comparisons. And essentially, that means using very much like for like on these scenarios. And as we've said many times, 
yeah, all all circumstances are slightly different, but we just thought this is quite interesting to us. But essentially, on the original option, we'd have been three hundred and eighty-three pounds better off. On the current option, stroke accepted one, six hundred and thirty-three pounds better off. But on the current rates, if you were to do this via a limited company would be almost £1,400 better off. And just a reminder, on the original, we'd have paid the tax man, not just the tax we owed, but money on top of that. And the equivalent tax rates are equally as staggering when we look at the limited company, because for all three on the limited company, the tax rate equivalent is coming out at 46%. So makes a lot of sense versus 52% up to the 101% as a as a personal personal entity if you like so quite significant yep i think there are a couple of things i'd like to sort of pull out of that and one of them is is that headline rate so in a limited company you end up paying 46% ish tax across the corporation tax and the dividend tax and after April, if you're in a bigger limited company and you fall into the higher bracket of 25% tax, I know I, know I said earlier we weren't looking at 25%, but just, just as a quick sort of comparison, when you do that, it pushes that final tax rate after corporation tax and dividend tax up to 50%. So running a, a property business, you still end up paying really quite high rates. And people, some people in the past have talked about trying to sort of normalize property profits and people talk about trying to, to normalize it to, to sort of the same as income tax rates. So if you're a high rate taxpayer, that'd be 40%. And everyone shouts and screams and says, oh my goodness, no, 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 this isn't that kind of income. We can't possibly pay income tax rates on it. And, and here we are in a, a section 24 world where we're looking at paying 58%, maybe even 101% tax rate, depending on, on the, the mortgage you've got and what you're paying. Or in this, this so-called sort of much better avoiding tax world of using a limited company, you're, paying, you're still paying 46% tax rate in the end. And if the corporation tax rate, or sorry, if the higher rate of corporation tax applies to you after April, you'll be paying over 50% again in total. So it's, yeah, I, I think people are a bit confused about sort of looking at headline rates and actually working through the the effective tax rate that you end up paying for things. Well, it's it's one of those things that, that in many respects I'm, I'm kind of pleased because it validates actions I took several years ago, but took the actions without really ever having done any good analysis like this. But because I bought my first... In fact, my first two active, proactive investments were both bought in personal names. I bought a little flat and my first HMO. And I was going through the documentation the other day, and the, the first purchase was around 2015, 2016 for the HMO. And that was the time when it was announced that we were going to move into this sort of five-year phased approach of removing the uh, interest rate relief. And my modus operandi was... I, I just immediately moved into, you know, the, the next purchase being a limited company. Now, I did that knowing full well that it was that I, would, I was going to buy more. If there was only going to be 
one purchase, then it would have been a much more considered decision. But because I wanted to get a handful more, I just knew that I couldn't even for the next five years stomach to to take those mortgages out. And you know, heaven only knows you know where we'd be if if I had left it in the personal names. But of course, you know, it's, everyone can look clever after the event. It was just a case of I made the decision but there could have been other variables that may well have scuppered me that I hadn't considered at the time but I'm I'm feeling very fortunate that I just made that call yeah definitely otherwise you might be might be sitting here paying 101% tax and yeah and basically going bust which is is not what anybody wants well I wouldn't be sitting here because I wouldn't be talking about property that's for sure <laughs> that's a good point yes <laughs> so the, the other thing I wanted to pick up on this limited company comparison though is that We've compared this like for like, and limited companies aren't quite like for like. Now, as it as it stands in sort of this current world, the kind of mortgage interest rates you're looking at for a portfolio landlord or a limited company are actually about the same. So the five point two nine percent sort of scenario might might be comparable, but that three point three four percent that I remortgaged onto last year. If I'd been in a limited company, I would not have been able to get that that lower rate. So if I had been doing this in a limited company, I would have actually been paying a bit more interest and I would have actually had a, a bit less profit sort of in the first place before any tax came into, into play. And limited companies also cost a little bit extra to run as well. So again, if you've got a, a portfolio, then this is spread across multiple properties and you don't notice it and things so much. But if you've just got the one property in there, you, you've got quite high overheads for it. Uh, an accountant is probably the, the biggest sort of single element. And you might be looking at £1,500, maybe £1,500 a year for, for an accountant just for the first property. And then as you add more properties, the accountant might get a little bit more expensive each time, but but not it won't be double or triple or whatever as you add the second or third property. But if we're starting at £1,500, and I'm going to jump in at the sort of the worst case situation here, but if we had that 5.29% interest rate, if we put in, or if we factor in that extra accountancy cost of £1,500 to our, our limited company scenario, then obviously it, it doesn't look nearly as rosy. And, and yes, it comes out of the profit before tax is applied, so we pay even less tax. But but it does still mean that while it doesn't affect our, our tax rate that we're paying, the actual cash that we get out of the end would, would still be dramatically reduced. And we go down from about £1,300 of, of real money that we could take out of the company to only about £500 that we could actually take out and, and spend away from the, the company. Now, that, that is still about £500 better than owning in a personal name. But, but I just wanted to sort of highlight that the limited companies are not necessarily sort of the be-all and end-all of these, these situations. So they, they do come with, with other overheads and, and costs. But being, but being the glass half-full kind of guy that I, kind of, that I am, I would say versus the minus 36 pounds that the personal name was was getting the 500 pounds is still cash in the bank and you know maybe we should have a, an episode where we where we where we have a you know a limited company versus personal battle once and for all but i feel like limited co is winning and 
all I would say is I think anyone considering this, you know, should should and I would imagine are thinking of multiple properties versus just one property. But uh, all, all of the things that that, that you say are are true, and that's the one thing I always remind people because people think it's just oh I'll just do a limited company, but th- there is additional cost in terms of accountants however and we've talked about this before uh, on previous episodes I think the professionalization of becoming a limited company certainly helped me because we had to move into zero so making tax digital in inverted commas isn't a scary thing for me in fact we're getting quite good at it now even to the stage where I'm, I'm getting very close to producing monthly management reports Get me. I can't wait to share one of those with you because you might you might enjoy that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> That's something to look forward to. I think. So, so for me, I think the uh, well, you know better than I, having worked with your customers on Patman, the amount of uh, spreadsheets and inter in, interchangeable spreadsheets people use for portfolio. So, I think for anyone that's certainly looking at multiple properties, limited companies is probably going to be the way that they're going to go for for numerous reasons and. And this is just one facet of it that we've examined. But I'm personally really pleased we did it because I felt that that question mark was uh, left last week, which is, okay, we've looked at personal, but what would it look like in limited company? And uh, it it raises that question for me personally, even now, because I still have two properties in personal names, which I'm still debating whether or not we actually keep them or, you know, just uh, put put them out there. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, well, um, I think perhaps we're just squeezing a tiny, tiny little news story at the end then, seeing as you, you kind of led into it accidentally. And, and that's that there, there are apparently, well, the headline says massive, but, but of course, slight sell-off in, <laughs> um, in HMOs going on uh, across the country. And maybe you're going to join in if you're thinking of selling, selling one of your HMOs. But yeah, apparently, the number of HMO rooms is decreasing across the country. I think it was um, something in the region of 20,000 rooms, but the number of rooms is decreasing. They're, they're, interestingly, there are some areas where the number of HMO rooms are increasing. So sort of in the, the Midlands and South-ish, and then further North, they're, they're decreasing. As in some, some areas, I think it's reported, the number of HMO rooms have decreased by something like 15% in the last year. And I mean, that's that's a a lot of HMO rooms to lose. It's it's really interesting, and I think that there's going to be a, a, a I think lagging data to all of this, which is what what actually happens because we know that local housing housing authority definitely rely a lot on multiple occupation uh, properties, as well as private professional tenants, as well as students. So uh, I mean, I for one am quite interested to see where this takes us, but I think we've. We've far surpassed our remit for this episode, Simon. I think we probably have. So it just remains for me to say, please do find the subscribe link for our email mailing list. You can find that in the show notes or wherever you're, you're listening to this episode. We would really appreciate you joining and we will we'll send you some, some exciting things, including the spreadsheets that we've been talking about today. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that on Twitter. We are at bizofproperty. And you can also visit thebusinessofproperty.com for all our past episodes and show notes and a contact form if you, you prefer that way of getting in touch. We really hope you've enjoyed the episode. Stuart and I have, have had good, good fun working through our, our numbers. 
we, we do always enjoy looking at a good spreadsheet. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. <laughs>